Welcome in. Welcome back to the program. All kinds of good stuff today. Thanks to Lance Leipold for joining us. Head coach of Kansas. Thanks to Mark Schofield, SB Nation, joining us, talking some NFL stuff. Good day today. By the way, I, I was kind of going through this. I wanted to see for uh, for myself. Ben, did you know? Uh, by the way, 2014 is when Coach brought the uh, the trophy into me. Uh, but he won the Division Three championship, the NCAA championship, out of his um, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Out of his eight years at UW Whitewater, he won it six times. I knew he won. I did not know it was six of eight. He won six times. He won it in 2007, 2009, 10, 11. He won it in 2013 and 2014, and then got hired in 2015 to coach Buffalo. He lost it uh, after a 13-2 and two season in 2008. 2012, they went 7-3. and three. They tied for second in uh, the, the WEAC. They did not make it to the postseason that year. His only year not making it to the postseason. So in light of all of his success, there's been a big conversation recently around the college football world about why more highly successful D3 or low D1 coaches don't get many shots or it's harder Mm -hmm. to rise for them because there's this crazy stagnation at the top where you see guys getting hired at four or five different places and feeling in all of them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they're pointing to a huge success case here of, you know, there are highly successful people that just don't really get those shots. So it's really cool they, to see it happening. They uh, under Coach Lance Leipold at Whitewater, they went one hundred and nine and six. Think of that, one hundred and nine. That's what he had to do to get a shot at Buffalo. And I don't mean to make fun of Buffalo, but one hundred and nine and six is what he had to do to get at least a shot to coach Division One, and that was at Buffalo. And went to Buffalo his first season, 5-7. and seven. His second season, which he, he, we, we had talked about back in 2016, he went 2-10. They ended up sixth in the East that year. The next year, some of his guys were there. They started to play better. They, went, they got to 500. The year after that, they went 10-4, 7-1 in conference, lost in the Dollar General Bowl, the next year, eight and five, five and three in conference, but they won in the Bahamas Bowl. And then his last year was a 2020 season, which was a really weird COVID year. It was six and one, five and zero oh in conference, won their division, won in the uh, the, the Camilla Bowl or Camellia Bowl. And then uh, Kansas came calling. His first year at Kansas, it was rough, but they got that overtime win. They went two and ten, one and eight. And this year they've started off 5-0, and and they're tied for first right now, ranked 18th in the country, 2-0 and in conference. And uh, his record uh, is sitting at 7-10 and overall in a couple of years at Kansas. When he took over the program, the program was a wreck. And he's damn near got a 500 coaching uh, mark at Kansas in only a year and a half. And who was the coach Kansas had before him? Freaking Les Miles. It's like, when are you going to start yeah. hiring the clearly successful guys that are rising, albeit from right. a lower level, as opposed to an old guy that's flamed out multiple times and well, kind of doesn't have it yeah. anymore? That, that was Les Miles. That was Charlie Weiss. You know, they were getting guys in the downturn. 
You know, now you're getting a guy that's a rising guy, kind of like when, uh, you know, Cincinnati hired Luke Fickle and some of these other coaches that have had success that have turned programs around to make us all go, whoa, wait a minute, you know? So, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. 877-867-1670. Um, by the way, is it not timing that no more than we had Coach on that Madison.com puts out the story about how Lance Leipold, born in the small town of Jefferson, 40-minute drive from Camp Randall, the whole thing, they go on to say, uh, to say that, that, you know, exactly what he said here. We have no plans on going anywhere. We're happy here. He was asked about the AP, about the interest he's generated with the first 5-0 start in Kansas. Uh, but that was the only comment. Leipold said, anything else is rumors. Some of these things are happening while we're in the film room. I don't even know that some of this stuff Sunday until later in the evening when I'm getting all these text messages. I had no idea talking about Paul Chris being firing, yeah, being fired. But... He said, and as he stated to me off the air, he said what, the reason he didn't want to talk about the Wisconsin opening, he didn't want to talk about anything regarding that job. He said Paul Chris is a close friend. Said he's known Paul since his late father tried to recruit him to Wisconsin Platteville, and said that I'm I'm not dancing on anybody's grave. I'm not going to disrespect Coach Leonard. He said I'm not questioning anybody's decision, but I just I, I got my own things going on. I love where we're at. Love the program. Love the kids. The whole thing. So you can bet that Kansas is going to do everything they can to keep them, who they got from Buffalo, after, like you had mentioned, Les Miles, um, you know, tore up the program. So uh, it's 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 going to be uh, – he's making some money now, too. He's making some serious money now. Oh, yeah. You know? So it's 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 good. Uh, but I, I'm excited for him. I'm, I, I can't wait for game day. I can't wait to – I, I would assume at some point you're going to gonna see him doing the walk and everything. It's going to be kind of cool. Looking forward to it. Oh, they do interviews as well, usually, with yeah. the home coaches. I don't know how yeah. it will be because they play at 11, if I'm not mistaken. It's not a night mm-hmm. game where there's a right. lot of time in before. But, yeah, he'll be part of it. That's yep. crazy. Last year they literally opened the gates at the stadium – and urged all the students to come because nobody was there and they were playing right. Oklahoma tight. Now I think they're close to selling out and the interest is high. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's good to see. Good to see. Uh, 877-867-1670. You can hit us up 877-867-1670. By the way, we're going to be talking some more regarding, um, the New York giants. Uh, Pat Leonard's going to be joining us and he covers the giants and the New York teams. So good stuff there. That's coming up here at the bottom of the hour, so stay tuned for that. Hey, one thing I did want to touch on, and I mentioned this earlier today, I tweeted it out. Uh, Aaron Judge, as we all know, breaks uh, Roger Maris's 1961 American League single-season record. He hits a 60-second home run last night. And I had said, uh, props to him, Savage, I think I tweeted out, and uh, he did it clean. And I was inundated with negativity for that, for that post. Um, I'm not saying I know for a fact he's clean, but it is very, and I respect everybody's opinion when it comes to major league baseball. I respect everybody's opinion because, and we've talked about this baseball has an image problem. And other than just guys not testing positive, um, baseball, you're assumed guilty until 
you know, you retire and you can say, and those around you can say he did it clean. You know, otherwise you're assumed guilty. Anybody that has any kind of a milestone in Major League Baseball anymore, you're dirty. The assumption is you're dirty because of those that have walked the path before you. And to think Bonds, McGuire, Sosa, we know what they did, okay? Um, What Bonds did was take it to a whole other level. Mark McGuire, and this is how this whole thing runs down, and, and Bill Schroeder and I have had some talks about this from years gone by, because Mark McGuire, as he stood there in his locker and was talking about everything that was going on, um, somebody had asked what that vial is. He had left a vial out. It was, uh, it, it was Andro. It was, it was testosterone. Or it was a, uh, a steroid. Okay. It wasn't illegal. It wasn't a banned substance. In Major League Baseball. It wasn't. He wasn't doing anything wrong. But we got up in arms about it, and it was it was it was skirting the outside rules and thoughts of fans that loved Roger Maris and fans that loved Babe Ruth. Because they did it on beer and hot dogs, supposedly. And we were appalled by it. What Barry Bonds did was during that year, remember if you re, if you read the book regarding Ken Griffey Jr., Bonds called Griffey and said, look at the season you and I are having. And we're not even getting mentioned. Now, Bonds, if I remember that year, I think he hit like 44 home runs or something like that. But Bonds was already on his way to a Hall of Fame career. And Bonds called Griffey and said, you know, hey, we should be doing this. We could have that kind of a battle. And Griffey said, nah, I just, that's just, I, I don't want to go that direction. And we know what Bonds did and then the Balco thing and everything that went on after the fact. We all know that because everything that unfurled afterwards with going to Capitol Hill, Donald Fear, Bud Selig, you know, you got Mark McGuire not wanting to answer questions, Palmero sitting there wagging his finger saying, I never did it, and then testing positive. I mean, all of this stuff then came about and we were appalled by it. But at the time, they weren't doing anything wrong. But they took advantage of a situation. Okay, so be it. Judge, for all intents and purposes, and the way Major League Baseball testing is now, they're tested quite often. I remember when when Ryan Braun, uh, well, Christian Yelich, for that matter, a couple of years ago when he was hitting all the home runs, they were testing him on the regular. Um, who was the big... Um, Guy, he played first base for the Brewers. God, I can't remember his name. Oh, holy mackerel. Big dude. Muscular dude. God, I can't think of his name. Vogelbeck? No. When? About five years ago, six years ago. God, I can't think of his name. Big, muscular dude, man. And every time he went yard, they tested him. Oh, somebody help me out. Eric Eric Thames. Eric Thames. Thank you very much. Eric Thames. Yes. Greg, you're right. God, I love you people over there on the Bud Light live stream. You're right there in instantaneous. Eric Thames. Thank you very much. Because I follow him over on Instagram. He still does some crazy workouts. But Eric Thames was saying every time he hit a home run, they were testing him. Christian Yelich, they were testing. Ryan Braun, they were testing. So, Stephen, over on, uh, the, uh, on Twitter, you're right. Thank you very much, Eric Thames. So... It's not like baseball doesn't test. I guarantee you Aaron Judge has been tested 15 times minimally this season. Minimally. For anything and everything they're looking for, okay? Now, I know science, 
can outpace science. I understand all of that. But for all intents and purposes, to look at Aaron Judge today and to watch him play and to know he's being tested, something that was never done when Sosa and, and McGuire were chasing, right, was never done. For all that's gone on, I can sit here today and feel say sit here today and say I'm more confident that Aaron Judge did it clean than what was going on back when Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were chasing the record because even though it was legal, as long as they were getting a prescription or whatever it is they were doing with doctors, it was legal in baseball. So it was legal in baseball, but it was kind of skirting the rules, the spirit of the rules, so to speak. What Aaron Judge has been doing and what he's done is fantastic, and that's the reason I gave him props. Now, I can't argue with many of you because the perception becomes reality in many people's minds, but I understand it. I understand where your head is at, and I respect that. So I just, I'm not anti you because you may believe that he's dirty, but I'm, I respect it. But I'm just saying in today's day and age, knowing what we know, the testing that goes on, how vigilant baseball has been with anybody who's approached a record. I, I respect that. And think about this. Now they're doing it by, by checking gloves, hats, pants, socks, jerseys of pitchers after almost every inning to make sure that pitchers aren't going out there and throwing stuff and throwing junk at you. So just that that's the reason I brought it up. When we come back, should they or shouldn't they? The Green Bay Packers, should they or shouldn't they? I'll tell you what I'm talking about when we come back. Stay tuned. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Cunis RV. Go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com, Wisconsin's fastest growing RV dealer in the state and beyond the borders. They have one on the border out there in uh, in La Crosse, near La Crescent. They've got them just south of the border down here in Illinois. They're growing all over the place in the state of Wisconsin, renovating the buildings, bigger, better, brighter than ever. Cunis RV, Wisconsin's fastest growing RV dealer, whether it's new, Used, consignment, sales, service, storage, they do it all, and they're great. Go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. That is CunisRV.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Continuing on this portion of the program again, brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. Don't forget about the uh, opening drive contest. If you stop to a Quick Trip, you get out, you go to pump your gas, you type in your Quick Rewards number. Bloop, 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 bloop. There you go. Then it, uh, you go ahead and slide your card and all that kind of stuff. You flip the pump, you start pumping, and uh, you are automatically registered. I mean, you need gas anyway, right? You stop in a Quick Trip, you do that, you're automatically registered for the opening drive contest. The Packers on the opening drive, you get a $10 gift card for every yard gained on the opening drive. How about that 
Quick Trip giving back, a proud supporter of Packers football. That's our friends from Quick Trip. Not to mention, you just got good stuff in there. Whether you're going in there to tailgate, getting your beverages out of the beer cave, or maybe getting some of the hot food, the cold food, stuff to grill, stuff to throw in the oven. Those pothole pizzas are fantastic. The meat sweats, oh, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. That's from our friends over there at Quick Trip. Love that place. Love it. Hey, uh, our buddy Steve says that when my daughter was at uh, UW, UW-Whitewater, they were 13-2 her freshman year, uh, where they lost to UW Lacrosse in a regular season game in the Mountain Union in the Stag Bowl. After that, they went 45-0 and the next three years for their run of three consecutive D3 titles. Uh, it was so much fun going to those games, Steve, in Richfield. Uh, I remember, Steve, the, uh, the year, I think it was... Um, UW um, Oshkosh, the Titans came to town, and that uh, both teams were undefeated. Uh, Whitewater got them that day, but man, it was you know it was really kind of a a, a buzzing state for D three football. Still is. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's not like it's all gone away because it hasn't. But it's been a really good um, growth of D three football. And uh, I just, you know, I love it. UW-Eau Claire put a lot of emphasis into their football program. Lacrosse had a big game with Whitewater this past weekend. And the Whitewater just barely got them. Whitewater's still winning games. Uh, Coach Bullis has done a fantastic job. They lost their opener. And then after that, I think they meet, beat um, uh, Mary Harden-Baylor, uh, which is always a powerhouse. Uh, they got a win. I mean, uh, D3 football in the state of Wisconsin is really, really good. And it's fun to watch, and, and a lot of campuses really come out for it. I mean, I know last weekend we were out in La Crosse for Oktoberfest, if you remember. And the buzz was not only for Oktoberfest, which is always a huge event, but campus was alive because they were excited uh, about both teams, you know, squaring off against one another. Uh, out there in lacrosse and so i just there was a lot of purple out there there was a lot of maroon out there there was a lot of people excited about it uh we, we tried to get into howie's bar and that was packed i mean just jammed to the gills um so it was it was a lot of excitement out there uh you know the lacrosse still still is for for this uh 877-867-1670 877-867-1670 if you want to hit us up Feel free to go ahead and do so. The Should they or shouldn't they? Here's the question. Odo Beckham Jr., do you feel, I was watching, watching differing opinions today, do you feel the Packers should fully go in? I'm going to give you both sides of this. The uh, If anybody needs a veteran receiver right now, it's the Packers. Um, Sammy Watkins, you know, injured right away. Um, Rogers doing his best to make rookies, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, somewhat reliable. Uh, the Packers, uh, they have targeted Odell Beckham Jr. before. Um, he ended up going to the Rams, as we know. They could use him even more this year because of the lack of Devontae Adams. So we'll see. And Odell Beckham Jr. and Aaron Rodgers have both talked highly about one another. We'll see what happens. Now, here's here's two sides to this coin, and I want to see where you come down on. One is we know the focus that Aaron Rodgers had for Devontae Adams, almost to a fault, right? We know how last year ended, focusing three straight passes on Devontae Adams. Others were open. They could have continued to drive, but he focused on Devontae. I thought it was a very good point 
Uh, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't agree with Stephen A. Smith, but Stephen A. Smith said, look, if you can run routes, if you can get separation, if you can catch a football and you're wide open, damn it, you need the ball thrown to you. And Rodgers last year threw the ball to Devontae Adams to a fault when others were wide open. And it ended up costing the team. He did it again uh, the year prior on that final drive against, uh, on those final three plays, should I say, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I agree with Stephen A. Like, you just got to go where the open man is. I mean, if you're the savant and you're the guy at the line of scrimmage that can read defenses better than anybody and you can see a guy wide open and you can go through your progressions, then you need to get the ball to the open man. You can only build a relationship with somebody if you actually use them. Otherwise, you're just, it's window dressing. On the other hand, on the other hand, there is something to be said for a relationship and trust. And you bring a guy like OBJ in, and he then gives you the veteran experience. He then is able to have that relationship with Rodgers, maybe quicker than some of the others. And obviously with Sammy Watkins being down, not practicing a ton preseason-wise uh, and in the in training camp, but then finally coming back, having a couple of good practices, starting to become uh, a lookable, viable receiver for Aaron Rodgers and then going down with injury. This is what he's been here lately in his career. So the reliability factor isn't there. So on one hand, you want to get OBJ because even if his skill set, let's just say worst case scenario, his skill set is not what it once was. Even if his skill set is not, he's still a guy that is a defensive coordinator you have to plan for. You have to look at and go, man, I, I, we got to figure out a way to stop this guy. And you're not going to do it with just a one-on-one situation most of the time because he will find his way open, right? So you, you're going to take a safety over the top. You're, because that's the only guy you really have to look at doubling if you're, the Green, if you're a defensive coordinator going against the Green Bay Packers, which then may open things up for others like Dobbs, like Watson, like Lazard, like Cobb. Go through that list. I don't think there's a downside to getting OBJ. And this is something that I've stated time and again. Come the middle of October, this is when you start to look at this guy. Don't count it out. The downside would be is if Rodgers becomes completely focused on OBJ. That would be the downside to this. I don't see much downside to this. I could be wrong. He has been known to be somewhat of a head case at times, and any man that proposes to a kicking net, proposes marriage to a kicking net, you have to you have to ask yourself, what the hell? Uh, but then again, you know, we've got our own quarterback doing ayahuasca and talking about a million hands or a hundred hands on his body and feeling all kinds of love. So who the hell cares? As long as they play good on the football field, I don't think we really care. As long as they're not doing anything illegal and hurting anybody, right? There you go. There you go. 877-867-1670, So give me your thoughts there. You can find us on uh, Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, over on the Bud Light live stream as well. For all of you watching there, you can chime in. Also, you can hit me up via email, thebillmichaels at gmail.com, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. We're going to take a listen to Pat uh, Leonard when we come back. He is with the New York Daily News, covers the New York Giants for the New York Daily News, and we'll get his thoughts coming into this game this weekend. Who's going to be playing quarterback for the Giants, the running game situation, the ability to stop the run of Aaron Jones and company. we got all of that 
coming up. So stay tuned for that. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Four Seasons Island Resort. Uh, and I was going to do the commercial and say, oh, here you go. But great deals, uh, all kinds of stuff, time off and or uh, percentages off and everything. But uh, I got an email. And this one's from Kathy, who said, uh, we took your advice. My husband and I took your advice. We went up north. The colors aren't quite fully changed yet, but it was beautiful. It was very serene. Last weekend was picturesque on the river. We took the tour around the uh, the island uh, on the pontoon boat that they offered us. What a spectacular time. Good time in the hot tub. Met some new friends and played a little golf. But what a spectacular weekend. Thank you for the suggestion, uh, Kathy and Dave. And they went to the Four Seasons Island Resort. It's it's a really cool place. I've been telling you that for a long time. Uh, and you're probably right. Even more so now over the next couple of weeks where it's very picturesque. Get a hold of Barb up there, our girl Barb. Uh, get a hold of her, four, the4seasonswisconsin.com, the4seasonswisconsin.com. Or call Barb, 715-324-5800. Still not too late to get yourself in for a, a wine dinner up there, which is coming up on October 30, 30, uh, 21st. They've got Fall Fest going on. Winter Fest is December 3rd. Bunch of different stuff happening. That's at the Four Seasons Island Resort. Call them, 715-324-5800. 715-324-5800. Ask for Barb, 715-324-5800, and tell her, Barb, I want the Bill Michael special. And that's usually 15% off, but right now they're running 25% off. So not a bad way to go. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show is next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Stenny's, second of National Walker's Point, uh, the best sports bar in Milwaukee, and by far they uh, are like the cheers of Milwaukee. They run shuttles to all the games, so stop into Stenny's for the best wings, best uh, garlic cheese bread as well, and an award-winning Bloody Mary. That's our friends down there at Stenny's. They had a Ryan and the gang, too. Good supporters of the program. Uh, let's do this. Let's find out what's going on regarding the Giants getting ready to head off to London to take on the Green Bay Packers. Pat Leonard of the New York Daily News, now joining us on the hotline. Pat, how you doing? Bill, I'm, I was doing great, but you're talking about garlic, cheese bread, and Bloody Marys, and I'm about to go to London where everybody tells me the food's terrible. So my mouth's watering now, and I'm not going to quench my <laughs> thirst. You know? Yeah, but you got New York pizza to load up on. You've got all that kind of good stuff there. You, I'm, I'm sure you can load up before you go. Put some in your pockets or something. Uh, you know, this trip, look, uh, is there a secret that you have discovered to winning in London? Or uh, do, do coaches have advice to say what's better to do when it comes to playing in London? Um, no, it's generally about just being precise with your planning on how the players are managing their sleep and their bodies. Cause you know, we're talking, I was talking to some players last week um, about, you know, how they would anticipate the trip and they acknowledge like the biggest challenge is if you're playing this game, which it'll be at nine 30 AM Eastern, that your body is just not going to be right for that kind of action yet. It's not used to it. You know, some of the guys were even saying like, I'm used to playing a 12 o'clock college football start and it, your body kind of takes a little bit of time to kind of warm up. And so 
I think, you know, the thing I glean from the Giants having done this in the past too is they're just trying to make sure these guys get the right sleep and they're actually staying closer to the stadium and out of the way of London. So less sightseeing but more focus on just preparing, resting your bodies, resting your mind and getting ready to play early on Sunday. Now that being said, obviously there's a quarterback issue because of injury right now. So what do you know? Well, just walked out of practice, actually, so uh, you're catching me at the perfect time. Jones looks good uh, on his sprained left ankle. I mean, he was rolling out, running and throwing accurately on the move. Um, obviously, he's doing a lot to manage it. He had it heavily taped. Um, but, you know, I, have, I don't have any questions coming out of there. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure they're going to not announce anything officially. But watching him at practice just now, I would be surprised if he didn't play. Um, and then the next question is, so they're, what are they leaving tomorrow? They're leaving Thursday after, yes, Thursday evening after Thursday. practice. Okay, just wanted to make sure. So the next question is the, the run game. It has to be prevalent to take the pressure off of Daniel Jones. The Packers have not defended the, the run extremely well. Giants yeah. haven't necessarily run the ball real well, but that being said, I guess this game is probably going to be one of the trenches in that sense, right? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, they have to run the ball well to win. They haven't run the ball well for a full game, but that is where their bread and butter big plays have occurred mostly. And against the Bears last week, they basically run ran like a high school type scheme. I mean, they, their wide receivers are almost everybody to a man is either banged up or hurt and out. And so like last week, they beat the Bears by running to Saquon Barkley. Jones was running bootlegs with his back to the defense and keeping it sometimes. He scored twice on those. And then they threw passes mostly to tight ends. They only had three completed passes to wide receivers in that win over the Bears. And I would expect a similar game plan and look and approach, especially because the Packers haven't stopped the run especially well this week. I mean, Barkley's the key. It's everything's about Saquon. He, even in these games where he has had a slow start in first halves, he ends up their best player and the game changer. The Giants defense is pretty savvy at, you know, not giving up touchdowns in the red zone. And they're going to throw a lot at Rodgers and the Packers. Um, Aaron obviously has a lot of experience. I'm sure he'll handle the blitzes better than some of these younger quarterbacks they faced. But you should expect if you're Green Bay and you're a Packers fan, a, a close, a close game, at least into the second half, just because that's how the Giants have managed these games. I know the Giants a little bit banged up defensively as well. Kayvon Thibodeau, they picked up in the first round of the draft this year to be that edge rusher. How has that defensive front come on? Well, they were missing Leonard Williams the last two weeks, too. Uh, Kayvon just came back. He had a fumble recovery last week, uh, his first in the NFL. It's a work in progress. Their four-man pass rush is really nothing to speak of. However, Dexter Lawrence in the middle, especially with Williams out, was a revelation, frankly, against the Chicago Bears. I mean, it was Saquon Barkley on offense and Dexter Lawrence on defense really uh, gumming up and de destroying the Bears' game plan and winning that game last week. So he's a big guy who stops the run, but also when Gettleman drafted him years ago, the idea was that he could get upfield and had the athleticism to do that coming out of Clemson. And we haven't always seen that consistently, but we saw it against the Bears. He was a complete game wrecker. So the Packers' interior defensive line, even more so than the tackles from what we've seen, is really going to have to hold up because that's the strength of the Giants' D-line right now. Um, but J Jihad Ward also, a free agent offseason signing, um, is a really good edge setter. So I know the Packers, the way that they can counter the Giants is by giving it to Jones and Dillon. And 
Ward is the guy to look for, number 55, who will try and do his best to stop that run. All right, the, the Giants are three and one. Their wins are very close. They they edged out a couple. I know one of them being Tennessee. The loss came to the Dallas Cowboys by I think six yeah. or seven, something like that. It, the, what they they played extremely close in these contests. Are they a real one and three? Is this team learning how to win? Sometimes if you're a good team and you're playing really bad, you still get wins. You figure it out. Is this team a, a team that's learned how to win? Are they better? Then maybe what we thought they were, or are they a real three and one, or maybe a, a just getting by three and one? Well, I think when they played Dallas, you could see they were outclassed, more talent on Dallas's side of the ball, et cetera. Um, the Giants' roster, top to bottom, if you look at it, you'd be shocked that they are three and one. They deserve credit, though, for every week coming up with a specific game plan for that opponent on both sides of the ball. I mean, Mar- Don Martindale and Wink Martindale and their defense. They've been creative, and um, they've manipulated their personnel depending on what they're attacking. So they'll put a free safety on the defensive line for half the game if they feel like it can help cover Christian McCaffrey and the Panthers. They'll run um, two linebackers against a run-heavier scheme. They've tried to upgrade the side linebacker spot. They brought Jalen Smith in. Um, they got A.J. Klein now on the practice squad. Um, you know, But by and large, I think they've been playing close games because they know – that's how they have to win. They're not going to be able to open it up, especially without many receivers even on the field for Daniel Jones. So the, Saquon's their strength. Their defense is their strength. And they're playing close games because that close, close low-scoring games, I should say, because really that's their game and that's how they have to win. As much as I want to look at this being the trenches and both teams stopping the run, I still think it comes down to how well or how he doesn't play well Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it, you know, it, with all things being equal, I think it just comes down to quarterback play. you got one quarterback who's a Hall of Famer. He's healthy. He can pick you apart. Another one who's got a, a bad wheel, who's trying to get through this right now. He's got a, a questionable set of wide receivers. Is that the way you kind of see this thing? Well, yes. I think I think you break it down perfectly to the brass tacks there. Uh, you know, you look at uh, what the Packers were unable to do early against the Patriots, for example, a Patriots team that definitely is not one of Bill Belichick's best. And you look at how the Packers have kind of scuffled in, in all of these games at points to complete passes, to have an explosive passing game without Devontae Adams. And, you know, the Giants secondary is susceptible to big plays and has given up some big plays, especially because the only way they get to the quarterback usually is by sending a blitz which leaves guys on islands. So the key to, like you said, to the Packers, let's say outclassing them the way the Cowboys did, because you would think they have the talent to do it. It would just be whether the Packers receivers and a lot of them younger receivers have the ability and kind of the poise in a game like this in a, in a strange environment as well to just hit some of those big plays. Cause Rogers is going to see how to beat what the giants are throwing at him at some point early in the game, probably by the mid first quarter. So it's just going to be on that receiving core and Rodgers, whether they have the chemistry up enough to do it. Because if they do, then that's how this game becomes not close. Um, because the Giants really have scored around, you know, 13, 19, 20 points the whole way here in this 3-1 and one start. So it shouldn't be hard for Aaron Rodgers and this Packers offense to get to 24, 25, 26 points. But we've seen that it hasn't been easy for them. Great stuff, Pat. I appreciate it. Uh, great for the perspective. And enjoy your time in London, man. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on, Bill. Take care. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. There you go. Pat Leonard of the New York Daily News joining us for a couple of minutes. Covers the New York Giants, giving us the perspective he's right. When you look at what they've been able to score, it's less than 20 for the most part. Uh, Packers get to 20, 24 points. Chances are they're going to win the game. I had said a little bit earlier today, I thought maybe 27-13, 27-10, something like that. 27-17 wouldn't shock me, but I think the Packers win this one. I'm not necessarily going away, but kind of getting the feeling like uh, this was a handleable game for the Green Bay Packers in London to get that win. Uh, Good stuff from Pat. We certainly appreciate his time on the program as well. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at New Mail Medical, treating guys all over state of Wisconsin, beyond the borders as well, and all you got to do is call. It's one phone number. Whether you're going to Vegas, Chicago, Green Bay, Milwaukee, doesn't matter. 414-455-4451. 414-455-4451. 414-455-4451. 414-455-4451. Give them a call. And whether it's low T, uh, the All-in-One Weight Loss Program, or if you're suffering from ED, which they can all but guarantee with a 98% success rate, they can all but guarantee that they can help you out with that. 414-455-4451. Plus, they have a whole regimen of things such as vitamins and supplements and such, maybe things that your body needs. Just go in and get your numbers checked. It's that simple. It takes about nine minutes. It's really, really easy, and they can help you out, make you feel make you feel fantastic. That's our friends at the New Mel Medical Center. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. It's the Packers and the New York Giants at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Aaron Rodgers on the McAfee Show on why the Pack is finally playing a game in London. Nobody wants to give up a home game against the Green Bay Packers because, you know, our fans travel well. We're going to show up. This just happened to be with the beautiful 17th game. We were slated to have nine home games this year and eight road games, so we decided to take one of those home games, put it uh, in Tottenham, and uh, that's the way it went. The kickoff is at 2 30 Sunday afternoon London time that's 8 30 in the morning central time broadcast on the NFL network the Packers will fly to London tomorrow night hold a press conference and practice early Friday morning starting at 6 a.m. Wisconsin time to adjust to the time zone Matt LaFleur says a lot of research and planning has gone into the travel schedule it's such an adjustment and I think a lot of it is who handles this trip the best is going to be able to play to the best of their ability so listen I've been on both sides of it we've gone over there with the Rams and one, we, we went over there with the Titans and we lost a close game right at the end. There, there are a lot of adjustments you got to make. The Giants and the Packers both three and one on the season, and first-time head coach Brian Dable on what's the plan in New York. Well, we've we've made it. We've made adjustments uh, this week in terms of whether it's reps, no pads. Uh, we'll have a meeting to go through things regarding that trip. You know, it's my first time going across seas to participate in a football game. We look forward to it. Not much longer travel time than it is to go to the West Coast. So we'll just try to do our job during the week to get ready. And then they'll have their day off, and it'll be a fairly normal week other than we travel on Thursday. That's Giants head coach Brian Dable in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. at Pella Windows and Doors in Wisconsin, man. They got it going on. And as of right now, they uh, they also have uh, some terrific financing. So if you're looking for something really good for your home, 
Uh, check it out because they have got uh, quality financing going on right now. In addition to that, if you want to see them up close and personal at the Wisconsin State Fair Park next week, the 14th through the 16th, uh, they're going to be there on site at the Nary Home Builders Expo, the Nary Show. And uh, so all next week, uh, people visiting the Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin booth, all the visitors who who set and complete an in-home appointment by November 5th, you go into a drawing to be held on Monday, November 14th for $2,000 on a credit. Certain restrictions apply, but man, oh, man, they have got some good stuff going on. So stop by the Nary Home Show over the Wisconsin State Fair Expo, uh, Expo Center out at State Fair Park. And uh, when you stop in, stop over to the uh, the Pella booth, get yourself registered, set up that in-home appointment, and to have it, you're good to go. Uh, you get uh, into the registration for 2000 bucks. Not a bad way to go from our friends at Pella. Go to PellaWI.com, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com, or call them 855-PELLA-WI. Ben, um, the fishing update, I, I sent you the video last night. Did you see the fishermen getting pissed off at the guy that they caught, uh, pardon the pun, stuffing his fish with lead sinkers and extra fish? Yeah, that's what I've been talking about. It's rocking the exotic sport world. A walleye tournament in Cuyahoga County, Ohio. Do I know Cuyahoga. Where? Cuyahoga. Cuyahoga. I don't yeah, know where that is. that's up in Cleveland. Okay. So uh, it wasn't a big money tournament, but there is some legitimate money at play here. These guys, and, and there's no monitoring, I guess. They stuck lead weights and fish fillets inside the fish, sewed them mm-hmm. shut, caught them, and won the tournament. And yes, the video, I would play it, but there isn't a word spoken oh, without yeah. an expletive. Uh, oh, these fishermen go nuts, man. They, they go crazy. And uh, there's yeah. big backlash. The authorities are trying to get involved for felony theft. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I would assume if he, if this guy won the prize money and took it over others, technically it's theft if you're not abiding by the rules. Now, obviously, this guy's never going to be in another fishing tournament, I would assume. But, uh, you know, not that, you know, I, I guess it's the end of the world unless, of course, you're a professional angler and that's what you do for a living. But, man, oh, man, I, I came across that last night. I was flipping through uh, as I was just kind of sitting on the couch watching some stuff. I was flipping through that. I'm like, oh, my God, here it is. And these guys, the, the video goes dark because this guy's got his phone out. He's starting to take the picture. And then these guys start to converge on this guy as they're ripping open these fish and these lead weights are falling out. And, yeah, it's MF bombs everywhere. And I thought they were going to kill this guy uh, over fish. But, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was quite the video. There is not a group in the world I would want to piss off less than a group of competitive fishermen. That's my conclusion. Fishermen or fans that follow a particular driver in NASCAR. That works too. Yeah. Because they just don't care. You know? I feel like that Venn diagram could cross over. Could be the same people. Sure, I get it. You're right. Tell you what, we're gonna go turn left, head down there, then go do a little bit of bass fishing. There you go, you there you go, there you go. Yes, there are professional fishermen. Yes, sure there are. They travel all over the country. And if you're really good at it and get some into the big tournaments, you can win some serious cash along the way. Plus, you get uh, you get your boat sponsored, you get your shirt sponsored, get your tackle tackle box sponsored, your rod sponsored, all that kind of stuff. Your fishing rod, that is. More of the Bill Michael Show next.
The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.